Value.com. From the Jet Rose Barbecue Studios, now featuring CBD infused seltzer to get happy, legal for 18 and up. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, we take you up until noon. Talk to Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, toward the bottom of the hour. Look forward to catching up with him. Uh, get his, well, pick his brain on the on the conference, obviously, and then uh, realignment, what he is hearing. Uh, the AFC West is going to be, in my opinion, I think most people's opinion, mm-hmm. uh, the most difficult division to win. Adam Teicher has covered this division for decades, uh, and he joins us. ESPN is where, uh, .com is where you can read Adam. Adam, uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, thanks for coming on, Adam Teicher. How you been? Good. How are you guys doing today? Ah, oh, doing well. Thanks for uh, finding some time for us. I know training camp. You're about to get really busy here. Uh, what July 27th, I think, is the official start uh, in St. Joe. So the division overall, uh, for whatever reason, and I'm anxious to get your take on this. It's um, the Raiders get no love at all. I'm a Broncos fan. Uh, I picking the Chargers to win the division, but everybody overlooks the team that you have to remind them. People finished second in the West last year, and that's the Raiders. And I think they got better. Um, you give them? Do you, do you see it that way? Is you know just uh, or do you think that somebody's got to finish last? It is the Raiders. Well, I, you know, I, I think you can put these teams in a bag, shake them yeah. up, and you can pull them out in whatever any order that you pull them out in might be the one that where they finish. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think the Chiefs and the Chargers. Are probably the best of the two, um, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. Uh, um, I, I don't feel like the gap is that huge. Uh, so, um, you know, and the new coaching staff with uh, in, in Vegas. So let's see what effect that has uh, on what goes on there. But yeah, I, uh, I agree that that you know this is a team that probably in any other division you you'd say okay, well that this is a real strong contender, maybe the favorite in some divisions, but uh, not in the AFC West for sure. It's a great division, going to be great quarterback play. We saw the defense from Denver a year ago, what they were able to do with limited quarterback play with Drew Locke. Sorry, Ken. I know you still believe in Drew Locke. It's different now. Russell Wilson, what do you think he has left in the tank? Does he got not just another good year or two? Can he be there for a half decade playing still at a really high level? Yeah, why not? Um, I, I think he will. Um, you know, to my question about Russell Wilson, and this is um, – in reference to this season is, uh, you know, a lot of times there's a little bit of a breaking in period for a new quarterback, particularly with a new coaching staff like the Broncos have. So how quickly can they put it all together? You know, that, that's my question in Denver, but I, I feel like, um, you know, he'll be a productive player eventually sooner or later, whenever that might be. And, um, you know, I, I feel like the Broncos have done a nice job quietly kind of building a pretty good roster around him. So um, I, I, you know, that's certainly a team to watch. I mean, if they win the division, would anybody be really mm-hmm. surprised? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think, um, you know, I, I think that's a, uh, 
you know, a team that uh, certainly could contend. I mean, I, I feel like all these teams. Yeah, I, me too. I, what I, the thing that's going to be great, I'm looking forward to all these AFC West games this year. I think all those games are going to be playoff-type games. You know, they're going to be that uh, mm-hmm. big because just a little bit of swing in the standings could uh, determine things. Yeah, no doubt about it. My... my um... My guess is Jerry Judy will catch a touchdown pass this year after he didn't last year, which is just remarkable. Uh, so let's get to the Chiefs. You know, I hear from a lot of people that, uh, and I don't, I don't understand it because Tyreek Hill, every, every vision I have of him, he's running away from a secondary with the ball in his hand and he's about to score. Um, but this may open up some diff, uh, a different offense uh, for Kansas City without the, you know, as big of a weapon uh, speed wise as there is uh, in the league can the Chiefs be better with Tyreek Hill in your mind Adam um well they could certainly I mean I I don't know that that's going to be easy to achieve um so I'm not going to predict that but they could I mean uh you know it's going to look a little different exactly what it's going to look like I don't think anybody knows that's uh, one of the fascinating things about training camp coming up is I guess we'll get a an idea of what this might look like, uh, but um, yeah, it, it's it's tough. I mean, the Chiefs have survived without him. He's missed a, a he'll missed a, a few games in 2019. They they seem to do okay without him, but you know that was a short stretch of games. I think he missed four games, if I remember right. Um, Chiefs were fine without him, but um, and things are different now. So we'll see if uh, you know the Chiefs can uh, cover for his loss. Uh, Going to be an interesting thing to see. I, I really uh, believe that you know Patrick Mahomes is kind of his, his football world has really changed. You know, there's no uh, uh, Tyreek Hill. Two of their other receivers, don't forget Byron Pringle and uh, Demarcus Robinson, are gone from last year. So there's a lot new there and. Uh, um, lot for uh, we have to learn a lot about what's going to uh, how that's all going to come down for the Chiefs this year. Hardman, we know he's got speed. Smith Schuster, we saw when healthy, what he can do in Pittsburgh. Even Valdez Scantling, a solid receiver, but of the young guys, I, I think of you and I's Darius Fountain. Does he got a chance to make the team? Sky Moore, who they drafted, and then maybe the most intriguing Justin yep. Ross, who before his injury at Clemson was as dynamic of his playmakers you were going to find in college football. Who do you think's got the best shot out of that group right away to make an impact to this year's Chiefs? Oh, it'll be Sky Moore for sure out of that mm-hmm. group. Um, he'll he'll um, you know he's one of their top four receivers with Juju and Valdez Scantling and McCole Hardman. That's their top four right there. And so um, I I don't know uh, what kind of impact he'll have as a rookie. I mean, I think it'll be considerable. Uh, I don't expect to leave the team in receiving or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but I think he'll have an impact. So I I would expect Sky Moore would be the, the guy out of that group that you mentioned. Uh, Orlando Brown, surprising that there was no, uh, there was no way they could get that deal done. I thought they would find a way to do it with their left tackle. So what's his situation, Adam? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm kind of surprised that we're sitting here talking about this. I thought there would be a long-term deal done. Um, but the Chiefs, um, only would go so far with him and he wasn't, uh, he, he wanted more. So uh, now the ball's in his court. Um, you know, it's, it's up to him. He, he either plays on a one year, $16.6 million contract or he doesn't play at all. So, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, the choice is up to him. Um, I, I just, just talking to people about him and getting to know him a little bit last year, football seems real important to him. So, um, I, I guess I'd be surprised. 
if he sat out all or, or a portion of the season even um, over money um, because I, I think there's other things he wants in his career. I think his legacy is really important to him, but uh, maybe I'm reading that wrong, so we'll see. But it's uh, not a whole lot the Chiefs can do about it uh, right now. Uh, he either plays or he doesn't play, and the Chiefs really don't, don't have a whole lot of control. They can't sweeten an offer or anything like that. He's going to have to play at 16.6 or not play at all. Interesting, and, and a non-zero chance that that could be the case here with Orlando Brown. Offensive line, you look at the starters, they look pretty good. What about the depth, though? And depth so important. We've seen that certainly with the Chiefs in the past and uh, go back to the Tampa Super Bowl and what happened there. What about the depth behind that starting group up front? Yeah, I mean, they've got some guys who have played in the NFL, guys like you know, Nick Allegretti was a starter for the Chiefs for a good part of the season. I mean, he's a, you know a guy that you look at and say, wow, that, you know, we can play – both guard positions and center. So that, that's a good backup uh, in the NFL. You're, you're comfortable with him coming in and playing. But at tackle, that depth really isn't there. I mean, they got Lucas Niang, who got hurt last year. Um, I, I don't know what his situation is going to be when camp starts, but I wouldn't expect he'll be ready to go, at least not at full strength when the season starts. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, he, he, uh, he got hurt toward the end of last year. They, they drafted – Darian Kennard from Kentucky in the fifth round. There was a lot of talk that maybe he was going to wind up starting at right tackle, um, but um, he was kind of buried on the depth chart during the offseason. Plenty of time for that to change, but uh, he's going to have to show the Chiefs more than he showed him during the offseason. Um, so um, I, I don't know. I, tackle is kind of the one spot, and particularly left tackle, that you wonder a little bit about. Um, you know, and, and, and that's the spot where they might have a need, depending on what Orlando Brown decides to do. So uh, the Chiefs have some options, but none of them necessarily are really uh, that appealing uh, left tackle. So, uh, you know, and then there's some veterans out there who they may make a move at some point to go sign. Uh, you know, a guy like Eric Fisher is still out mm, of the job, yeah. you know, and, and maybe after a year's absence, the Chiefs would like to go uh, bring Eric Fisher in. So we'll see, uh, you know, what they do or if they do anything. But um, I, I think their offensive line's in pretty good shape uh, other than this one situation at left tackle where they really don't have a guy that probably they feel comfortable with. Now, the 2021 draft was certainly good to that offensive line. Humphrey and Smith coming in the same draft. Yeah. It looked like they could play 10 years apiece. So let's go to the defense with you, Adam. Uh, the Honey Badger's out. Justin Reed is in. Um, is that an upgrade? I was considering the Honey Badger's age. I mean, he's, he's a critical part of that defense, a leader of that defense. Your thoughts? Uh, I wouldn't call that an upgrade. Um, I, I, you know, I, hey, I think Justin Reed's a good player and he'll help the Chiefs, but. The, Tyron Matthew was such a versatile player. Yep. He did so many things for them. And and um, you know, he's just a different type of player. And then you, you throw in his locker room leadership, and, and it, it's that's a void. I mean, there, there's no doubt about that. And you know, Justin Reed maybe can fill at least some of that, but he's going to need some help. And, you know, the Chiefs did draft two um, defensive players in the first round, and um, you know, they're going to need help from both those guys. I mean, they, they need to play like veterans right away or – um, I think it's going to be tough, and I, I, that's particularly true about George Karloftis. Uh, you know, to me, what's happening on defense maybe is the, mo- is the most important story in training camp, more than what happens at left tackle and when does Orlando Brown or if uh, Orlando Brown shows up, and more important than what's going on at wide receiver. I think what happens with this defense is really the story of training camp because uh, – 
And with all the uncertainty on offense, I think the defense has to be able to help right away when the season starts. And they got a lot of pieces to fit together. Um, they got a lot of new guys, a lot of young guys. And um, you know, the, the Steve Spagnuolo, the defensive corner, has been kind of tough on rookies over the years. He makes them prove over and over and over and over again that they're ready for what he's going to give them. And I'm wondering whether all these young guys, in particular Karloftis and McDuffie, are going to be able to handle everything he's throwing at them, or will the Chiefs have to maybe dial it back a little mm-hmm. bit and, and, and kind of compromise some of the things they want to do, at least early in the season, to accommodate all the young guys and the new guys. So uh, I, I think it's fascinating on defense the, what, what the Chiefs are trying to do here. And to me, that's the story of camp. If they can get this defense to where it's ready to go on September 11 when the season starts in, in Arizona against the Cardinals, then I think uh, that, that, that's, then it's been a successful training camp for the Chiefs. Karloft is such an intriguing guy and, and such a wide range of opinions coming into the draft where some people said, eh, this is second, third round draft pick. Other people said he should be a top 10 guy. Kansas City gets him. The impact. He said it's going to depend on how, kind of how he is able to adapt right away to the NFL game and how many snaps he's going to get. What are your thoughts, though, on Karloftis? Do you think he's going to get it right away and is going to be basically a day-one starter? Oh, yeah. He'll, he'll be a starter, um, and he'll be a regular, and he'll play in all their packages. So uh, that that's uh, – I, I don't have any doubt about that. It's how effective he is, and uh, and I think he's a real. He's even more than Trent McDuffie, maybe even more than Justin Reed, is a really a key guy for the Chiefs, mm. because I can't see them getting where they want to go as a defense, or really even as a team, without improving that pass rush um, from last season. I mean, they were 29th in the league in sacks. It's tough to live that way anymore in the NFL, and um, so uh, you know, where's that improvement? in the pass rush going to come you know maybe it comes from scheme and some of the things the chiefs are able to do um is it going to come from chris jones is he going to have a a a big season it's going to come from frank clark i I, since those guys have basically stayed steady the last couple years what you've seen from them is probably what you're going to get this year as well so i I think Cole Loftus is the guy where that improvement in the pass rush is going to have to come from and I'm not expecting him to lead the Chiefs in sacks or maybe even be in the, in the top two, but he's got to have an impact. He's got to help out in that regard. Or I think it's going to be a, a tough year for the Chiefs defensively, and I, I don't know that they can overcome that on offense this year. Maybe they, maybe they can, but uh, we'll have to see. Mm. Uh, at the Big Ten West, I think it's going to be very good to the Chiefs from this, the last pass draft. Carl Aftis and Leo Chanel, the linebacker from Wisconsin, yeah. is really good. So your thoughts on Chanel? And right behind him was a kid who played at Iowa State, Mike Rose, who just uh, he showed up as a true freshman and took a job and, and never gave that job back and got better every kind every single year. Undrafted, signed, obviously work cut out for him to make the roster. What are you hearing, if anything, on Mike Rose? I mean, I get training camp hasn't started yet, but Mike Rose and Leo Leo Chanel and the impact those two rookies could have. Yeah, Chanel um, is a guy who uh, he stood out at times during uh, off-season stuff. Um, you know, he, he's you know obviously the knock on him was that his you know his liability in pass coverage. But there were a couple times he caught your eye. I mean, he uh, he was downfield. Uh, you know, getting into passing lanes, broke up a couple passes. So, um, you know, hey, it's, 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 there's no pads. They're just getting started in the off season. But, you know, maybe that's something he can make the jump. Uh, you know, right now, at least when the season starts, I think he'll be a backup. But uh, who knows? That can change. 
Now, uh, Rose, um, I think it's going to be difficult for him with the Chiefs drafting Chanel and, and mm-hmm. drafting linebackers in the second round each of the last two years and signing uh, a couple free agents. I think it's going to be tough for him to make the roster, but there's plenty of time for him to do that. You know, he'll obviously have to be a, a star on special teams, but um, you know, that, that's kind of how Ben Neiman um, got, yeah. his, uh, uh, got his start with the Chiefs. He really attracted some notice that way, so it's possible that um, Rose could uh, follow the same path as Neiman. Schedule, always such an important component coming into the year. You don't know exactly what the schedule is going to be, but I'll tell you, looking at things before the bye, Chargers in Week 1 on the road. Well, we know Chargers usually play their best football in September. You get home for a quick turnaround Thursday against the Chargers, then at the Colts, at the Bucks, Raiders on Monday Night Football, the Bills, the 49ers before mm-hmm. that bye, and then you come back with Tennessee, who wasn't too shabby themselves. That front half of the schedule, absolutely loaded. Boy, it feels like a, a good start for Kansas City. Can't get off to the start maybe they did a year ago. No, I agree. That's that's key. They can't play the way they did um in the first two months or two, first uh, whatever uh, seven eight weeks they, is last year, they have to uh, come out stronger. And generally, that's been the um, uh, the way they've operated under Andy Reid. You know, they've they've gotten off to great starts. Um, you know, in in 2019 and 2020 and, and, and 18 certainly in 2017. I think they started the, all four of those years at least four and zero. I think there was a, five, a couple five and zeros in there as well. So they they've kind of done that. So uh, last year was sort of the uh, the uh, uh, unusual season in that regard. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I agree. I, I think this year with the difficulty of the division and and even though there are more soft spots in the schedule. After in the second half of the season, I still think uh, it's going to be tough to cover a lot of ground this year. Um, it's it's going to be tough to recover from a, a slow start. So yeah, they they do need to get off quickly. I agree. I'll get you out of here on this, Adam. Um, Andy Reid is almost sixty-five. This is what his tenth year going into year ten or nine in Kansas City. Regardless, been there a while now. Uh, what's he got left? I mean, has there been any hints on his part as to you know what uh, what he th- what he sees his future as? No, there hasn't. Um, yeah, and this is his, um, I, I believe, yeah, this is his 10th uh, season with the Chiefs. Yeah. Already uh, n- nine under his belt, uh, so this would be 10. Um, as far as his future, you know, this is the team that he's been waiting for all his career, you know, where yeah. a team that contend contend for a championship every single season, and he's got one under his belt, and uh you know who knows what will happen in the next few years. I I just don't see him wanting to give that up. You know that that would just sort of be against everything that uh, you know, he's been about in his career. So uh, I, I see him uh, charging ahead. Um, um, certainly this year, next year, um, you know, we'll see after that. I mean, health willing though, I think Andy Reid's going to be the Chiefs' coach for a little while. Good stuff. Thank you for doing this for us, Adam. We certainly appreciate you finding time. Thank you, Adam Teicher, ESPN.com. Take care. Hey, good stuff, guys. Yep, good to talk to you. Adam Teicher, as we catch up on uh, with our friend and the little AFC West conversation. All right, dog, you ready to WNL this thing? Who, well, the, the, the whole the Chiefs, you mean? The Chiefs. Oh, look, at the, the first half of the, till they get to the bye. And even after the bye. Remember what Tennessee yeah, did I, to them I, last I year? I know. I think Tennessee takes a step back. I, you've said that a lot this summer. Yeah. Sunday Night Football. It's back home. Mm-hmm. It's in Arrowhead. That's a good thing. But then you got a quick turnaround with Jacksonville after that. And I, I know it's Jacksonville, but all right. Arizona. 
on the road, week one. Tough. Is. Give them a win, though. Okay. Thursday, Thursday night. night. Again, quick turnaround. One and one. One and one. They split the they first split two. They split the first two. Now they got to go to Indy. And that's a sneaky team. I think, well, I think they split their next two. At Indy, at Tampa. Would you go there? I think that's fair. Two and two. Let's t- talk about the next two. Home for the Raiders. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Home for the Bills, San Francisco. They they split their two home games. They're, they're three, three, and three and three. And then they go to San Francisco and? You flip the coin. Uh, they could easily be three and four. They could. It's not I'm going to go four and three, but I, I, I understand where you're coming from. See, so give them a win against Tennessee, five and three. Jacksonville six and three mm-hmm. at the Chargers loss six and four home for the Rams seven and four at Cincy seven and five no they get payback okay we're that's where we're different. Eight, eight and four then for eight, you eight and four you're at seven and five at your Denver Broncos Sunday night football you're at seven and six okay seven and six eight and six with the Houston win yep even on the road yeah Home for Seattle. Seattle. Drew Locke's homecoming, Trent. Oh, God. Come on now. <laughs> Nine and six. Uh, Denver, this time in Arrowhead. Ten and six. And then at the Raiders. Ten and seven. Ten and seven for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not a stretch. And it's it, not. I it's mean, a tough schedule. I get it. But Trent, everybody tells me that they're not going to miss Tyreek Hill. All the Chiefs fans that are, you know, whenever we talk Chiefs, and I think they If the run game's better, out. the offense could still be dynamic. Mm-hmm. Is this Edwards Hilaire year? No. Ronald Jones. They got depth there. Boy. Yeah, Ronald Jones got some has he been how long has he been in the league now? Decade. He's been with Feels Tampa like for it. a long time. Um the offensive line need a left tackle. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, a, a Smith Schuster guy. Um Valdez Scandling's kinda like taking sand to the beach. But you know what? We've seen this now in Green Bay for fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Where a great quarterback can make, make average receivers, receivers look yes. good. Yes, yes. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. Yes. He will do the same. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's not crazy. I'm with you. Oh, baby, it's going to be a hell of a race. It's uh, time for another $1,000 uh, keyword. In our $1,000 home run contest where we ask you to go to KXNO.com, and once you get there, enter the nationwide contest by entering this keyword. It is check. Check at KXNO.com. Check at KXNO.com. Murph and Andy have your next chance coming up in the 1 o'clock hour. We will talk to Pete Mundo. What's he hearing? Heartland College Sports. Pete Mundo next. Miller and Conn Trends play the day still to come. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Is now the best time ever to own a single-family rental home in Des Moines. Trent Condon here from my good friends at Renner's Warehouse. And I'm here to tell you housing prices are falling But rents are rising. And with low inventories, they're stronger than ever. What does this mean for you? It's not always a seller's market, but it is always a renter's market. Especially when you hire Renter's Warehouse to manage the process for you. With selling, you never know what you're going to get. With renting, you can be confident in your ability to earn monthly cash flow 
appreciation, and tax benefits for the long term. And with Renner's Warehouse, you can sit back and collect the money. Tenants, they find the best. Rent, they collect it for you. Maintenance requests, they handle them 24-7. All for just one low monthly flat fee. They'll even warranty your tenants for free. Don't sell. Cash in and rent your home with Renner's Warehouse instead. Find out how much rent your home can get by visiting Renner'sWarehouse.com or call 515-528-4429 today. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com wherever you get your podcasts. Well, construction can give you a good life by giving you opportunities to be a part of a team that does real tangible things in your community. For many of us, it's that feeling of doing something with our hands and creating something from scratch and or giving back to a new home or a remodel project. Do you enjoy working with your hands? Do you enjoy providing for your community? Do you enjoy getting out there and doing a hard day work and coming home and saying, yeah, I did that. Apply today wolfconstruction.net Family owned since 1970, Kemker's True Value and Rental helps you buy what you want and rent what you need. Get to work on that to-do list with help from Kemker's True Value and Rental. Kemker's has all your hardware needs, grills for that family barbecue, and a one-stop shop for all your lawn and garden needs. Plus, their rental catalog is perfect for do-it-yourselfers. With two Central Iowa locations to better serve you in Grimes and Huxley, make it Kemker's True Value and Rental. Find out what they can do for you at KempkersTrueValue.com. That's Kempkers True by Heart Media. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Kyler Murray, new five deal, five-year deal with the Cardinals. Uh, five years, two hundred thirty million dollars, one hundred sixty million guaranteed. I don't know. You almost have to. You do, yeah. Uh, we shall see. We only have Pete Mundo for a uh, few minutes, so let's get right to him. Heartland College Sports. Uh, Pete, thanks for finding time for us. Uh, Trenton, Ken, in Des Moines. How are you? Doing well, guys. We are uh, what five, six weeks out of the college football season, so get ready for it. Fire it up. Ditto. I absolutely couldn't agree with you more. So let's um, let's. I'm guessing that realignment, uh, you know, it kind of makes you pull your hair out on one hand. The other hand, it's great for business uh, at Heartland College Sports or in talk radio in a Big Twelve market like we sit in or dual, obviously. Uh, But what? Where where are you at, Pete? Is the is the Big Twelve in a in a good spot going into this? I mean, we're not in the Fox or an ESPN boardroom, so ultimately it's going to be up to them. But it just feels different this time around uh, in a positive way do you see that do you feel that of course i mean how can you not it's the first time in modern realignment history that the conversation's not around the big 12 uh you know collapsing or imploding and falling apart so i mean just by that low i guess that's a low bar but let's be honest that's what the bar has been for the big 12 the big 12 has been the one that's just trying to survive every time this has come up whether it was last year or 
you know, going on over a decade ago now, 12 years ago. I mean, we were 30 minutes away yep. from uh, the Pac-12 stealing Oklahoma, Texas, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma State a few years back, or 12-plus years ago now. That was 30 minutes away from happening. Last year, everybody was going to leave the Big 12. It was going to collapse because of Oklahoma and Texas. So, I mean, we have been on the precipice of this league falling apart, and now here we are talking realignment, and it's more about the Big 12 being in a, a position of, of power, uh, being in a position of, um, you know, growing, expanding, adding, and that coming at the demise of the Pac-12. So if you're a Big 12 fan, and if you run a Big 12 website, as we <laughs> do, uh, this is absolutely outstanding news, and it is a great position to be in. That power position that the Big 12 is, getting those West Coast markets. You know, the initial talk was Colorado, Utah, and the Arizona schools coming in. After the dust has settled, things have calmed down a little bit, much like the Big 12 a year ago. What is the likelihood that you see those remaining Pac-10 members now leaving and departing for the Big 12? Is Has that diminished here over, say, the last week or two? I don't think it's diminished. I don't think it's moved much. I think it's still better than 50-50 uh, mm-hmm. that the Big 12 can add teams. How much better depends on who you ask and you know what conversations are being had at those individual universities, um, and I can't speak to that. But, I mean, if you're Colorado, let's say, um, why would you stay if the Big 12 is willing to have you back? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's the question. Like, what are you hanging around for? The money's going to be better in the Big 12. You know the league already. And, you know, if the Pac-12 starts piecing off, if you're Colorado, you don't want to be the last man standing. And that's the most dangerous place to be in conference realignment. If you go back 12 years, that's really why Colorado left. I mean, Colorado, some people want to rewrite history and say it's all Texas's fault. I think Colorado said, okay, changes are coming. We know this Pac-16 thing almost happened. And down in the state of Texas, the politicians down there were going to look out for their own. Colorado had no team to pair up with, like, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, the Texas schools, Kansas, Kansas State. They said, we cannot be the last man standing in the Big 12. So once the Pac-12 invite came after the Texas OU thing fell apart, they said, we'll take it. Because they thought the Big 12 was in a bad spot and was, uh, you know, on the precipice of implosion, implosion, which it was. But in hindsight, the move has not been good for Colorado. They've been mostly irrelevant on the football side of things, and all sports for that matter, at least big sports. So Colorado's in a similar spot. The Pac-12 can last as long as Washington and Oregon want it to, but the minute they get the invite they want, they're gone. And Colorado is basically stuck in the Mountain West at that point. So you don't want to be the last one standing. You want to be aggressive. You want to be ahead of the curve. And that's why I think it's better than 50-50. The Big 12, who's trying to be aggressive itself, says, uh, come on back. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the the instant that uh, Oregon and Washington get that uh, invite, they're as good as gone. Maybe Stanford as well if Notre Dame joins, uh, meaning the Big Ten. And uh, you have to proact. You can't react when it comes to this. And I, I I see it that I see it that way. What are you hearing on? Is the NBC courtship is that legit in your mind that NBC wants something to follow their Notre Dame game? And seemingly the Big Twelve is the conference that. You know, rumors are saying that they're zeroing in. Are do you see NBC being a player with the Big Twelve? Well, they should be. I I, I think Notre Dame obviously has cachet if we're going to pay them seventy plus million a year for the rights. 
But if you can then get a lead in from Notre Dame to, or, uh, you know, whichever way, depending on when Notre Dame is playing, either a lead into Notre Dame or something coming out of Notre Dame in the afternoon, uh, Big 12 is the way to go. But I would be hesitant if I'm the Big 12 because I'd say, okay, if Notre Dame is going to be your, your staple, then the Big 12 is always second fiddle. And the Big 12 is at the point where it doesn't need to be second fiddle. I'd be more interested in CBS, which does not have the SEC anymore, where you could use the CBS Sports Network, CBS, Paramount, Paramount Plus, good platforms to use uh, to promote the entire league, and that would be their number one focus. I don't want to play second fiddle to Notre Dame if I'm the Big 12 on NBC, unless the money is just so stupid. Uh, Amazon, if they want to go to the table, obviously all the digital companies are going to be getting into the mix here at some point. That's where if I'm the Big 12, I'd be focused. I'm not against the NBC idea, but I wonder about playing second fiddle to Notre Dame. If they have a you know 30-minute pregame, a 30-minute postgame, how do you structure games around that from the Big 12? Are we missing you know the first 10 minutes of an Iowa State, uh, Kansas State game because we've got to get Chris Sims <laughs> analysis for the 17th time on Notre Dame beating up Stanford? Like I don't really want that for the Big 12. So that's where they've got to play their cards right. I'm open to it. I think there's something there. But I think the Big 12 is in a position of leverage and can pick and choose its spot pretty well. We've seen the Pac-12. They uh, went early in going with their negotiating window with Fox and with ESPN. Would you be a proponent of the Big 12 doing the same and, and opening things up right now earlier than anticipated just to see what is out there, or is that still a wait and see? And maybe wait and see exactly what the Pac-12 is going to get. Yeah, I would wait. I, I wouldn't because you don't even know what the league's going to look like in two years with what's going on right now. I don't think it makes any sense for the Big 12 to put itself to market early. You do that if you're desperate, like the Pac-12 is. Uh, let the Big Ten deal come down. Let that firm up. Let that set the marketplace price at over a hundred million dollars per team, which is what it's likely going to be over time. And then go to market when you're the only game in town, right? I mean, I want to, if I'm the Big 12, I want the SEC deal, which is done, and the Big 10 deal to be done. And then you want, ideally, to grab a couple more Pac-12 teams, and you want to go to market with a strong positioning, strong bargaining hand with a solid 12 to 16 teams when there's nobody else to bid on. The ACC deal is done. The Big Ten deal will be done. The SEC deal will be done. The Pac-12 could not exist anymore. And then you've got people bidding on you when there's nothing else to bid on in college sports. And we all know that live sports programming is the only way that people watch commercials anymore. So it's incredibly valuable. And um, I don't think there's any reason. I see no uh, strategic advantage for the Big 12 to jump at this thing early. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Pete, we know you only have a couple of minutes left. Just uh, the here and now, the conference. I see, I think parity is going to be a big talking, a big word we use a lot when it comes to this conference. Oklahoma State won eight games last year, and then there's a couple of seven and twos, and then a whole bunch in the middle. I kind of, I mean, I'm not sure that the, whoever wins the conference doesn't do so with two losses. Your thoughts on, on what I think is going to be a really competitive race. Yeah, I, I, you know, you can make a case for Baylor. Oklahoma State, uh, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, and possibly Kansas State. I mean, think about that. You can and, and like these are not out of this world uh, cases. You can make a case that Oklahoma, for obvious reasons, Texas with the talent, Oklahoma State with what it's got coming back, Baylor winning the Big Twelve last year with key pieces back, 
And then K-State, I think, would be your dark horse right now. No other league in this country can find half the conference that you can make a legitimate case for winning the conference. I mean, that is what makes the Big 12 special. It always has made the Big 12 special. And I think it's going to, this year, make it a fascinating, fascinating ride to see who can work its way up through the conference standings, who's the surprise team, what is an Iowa, you know, I think Iowa State's a team that's getting undervalued right now. Do I think they're in that conversation? No, but I think people assume with all the seniors that left last year, uh, there's going to be a step back. And, and maybe there will be, but, uh, you know, considering last year didn't live up to expectations after the 2020 season, that may not be the case. There may not be the step back that we thought there was going to be uh, at Iowa State. So, like, it, there are just so many great storylines. Heck, even Kansas may not be that team that everybody beats by three touchdowns anymore. Like, there's just so many great storylines. What is West Virginia with JT Daniels now a quarterback in a, in a year that Neil Brown's got to start showing some improvement there in Morgantown? Uh, this is going to be, I think, as exciting a season this league has had, and it's anybody's guess who's playing in that conference title game come uh, December. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports, heartlandcollegesports.com for all you Big 12 fans, but most of you know that by now as you head there uh, on a daily basis to read all the content. Great stuff, Pete. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. Have a great day. Thanks yep. for having me. You do the same. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports. Could be a heck of a race. And I agree that Kansas is going to win. What's their, what's their uh, conference total? One and a half? Or is it two? I think it was one and a half. They're winning two this year. Yes, they are. I agree with you. I think they win two games. But they're going to be – they're not going to get blown out every single game. I think they're trending the tunnel, that light. It was seemingly – you couldn't even see it. Mm-hmm. Now it's starting to come into focus a little bit. I'm walking you up to the window. Okay. you got a C-note in your pocket, and I say you have to use it right now. Yep. On Kansas? Big, nope. On what? On the Big 12 champion. Here are the current odds. Okay. And you need to move. you got to win this bet. I have Oklahoma plus 180. Texas plus 280. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State plus 550. Baylor plus 650. TCU 14 to 1. K State 15 to 1. Iowa State 16 to 1. Your Mountaineers of West Virginia 30 to 1. Tech at 45. And then Kansas 250 to 1. You're going to think I'm crazy. Well, I already do. Texas. No. We went through this whole summer and you ended up with Texas? They Don't they have to one of these no. years that that talent has to um, be half as good as advertised? You're a believer in Sark, huh? No, I didn't say that. Well, he is the head coach. I've got to spend $100. Baylor was a great story last year. Can Baylor repeat Oklahoma's? Spencer Sanders is... Okay, he is a nice C plus. Yes, maybe you're, I think you're grading a little tough. B minus. Yeah, yeah. C's get you degrees. <laughs> Don't know if they get you championships. I would bet Oklahoma State. Would you with the prices there? And what was their number? Plus five fifty. Mm-hmm. Got a quarterback. Got a chance. Right. Yes. Texas won three games in the conference last year. <laughs> they lost to Kansas. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be a tough. This is going to be a great race. It's going to be a great race. It's going to be incredibly intriguing. Yeah, it is. Seven and two, there is no doubt you're playing in the championship game. Yeah, agree. Is there a one loss or an unbeaten team? No. 
I don't think so. I don't think so either. We talked about Oklahoma yesterday. I, I'm so intrigued by Venables. Mm-hmm. He's a psychopath. Yeah, Gabriel is my question. Right. Uh, you've got a couple of baseball games. Before we I run do. out of time, we've got to talk about Circa, but where, what, what have you got tonight? Where will we hear you tonight? I will be on two different stations. So starting off at 5 o'clock, I'll be on 96.9 The Bull. That is the number one Johnston Dragons against Waukee Northwest winner to play for the state championship. 5 o'clock, 4.50 with the pregame as we will take the air on the bull here this afternoon. Then this evening, after the conclusion, they say 7.30, there is not a chance in the world. I think it's going to start at 7.30 tonight. Sometime late this evening, right back here on KXNO, Dowling Catholic plays for a chance to play for a championship against the second seed, Iowa City City High. More than likely, probably in the 8 o'clock hour, listed at 7.30, but... Well, if you're listening on the Bull, just flip it over to KXNO, and you'll be able to get both the games. Semifinals, Class 4A tonight. Uh, And if you uh, grew up in a Class 1A or 2A school, uh, all of those games are on Mediacom. They are. Mediacom's in Carroll. They're in Iowa City. Uh, So our friends at MC22, Mediacom has the TV for all of them. Uh, But, uh, of course, we want you to listen to the radio and trend. Are you working by yourself? No, Lucas uh, Strain's going to come out with me once again. Young man getting ready to start a senior year. Won a state championship with Urbandale and the Jayhawks. He was on the mound for the championship game. Mm-hmm. It's been really good uh, this summer getting to know him. He did PA for Waukee Northwest and heard the voice. And Rush and I were out calling a game. And, boy, this guy's got a hmm. pretty good pipes to him. So he's come on with me. And Did uh, he do a game when you were uh, We were planning on it. It was a hot day. We decided not to do it. That was gotcha. also the day that we had the equipment problem. We were out at the golf tournament. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, at Briarwood. So didn't want to make it overly difficult on him in case something went awry, so decided not to do that. But, yeah, he's done games with me, did the games uh, just the other day in the quarterfinals, and I like to give him an inning or two, get him working out as he's been helping out with the Highlanders, the uh, hockey team over in Iowa City, doing some things and getting ready for his senior year and broadcast and maybe a job right after that. Love it. Love when young kids get a chance, and especially when they pay their dues. There's one here. <laughs> Miller and Condon back with Trends Play of the Day. Circus Sports sponsors Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Well, construction can give you a good life by giving you opportunities to be a part of a team that does real tangible things in your community. For many of us, it's that feeling of doing something with our hands and creating something from scratch and or giving back to a new home or a remodel project. Do you enjoy working with your hands? Do you enjoy providing for your community? Do you enjoy getting out there and doing a hard day work and coming home and saying, yeah, I did that? Apply today. Wolfconstruction.net. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush. Your first fill-up. Cashback's available in Cass, New Jersey, and Wisconsin. 
Victory Mounds is your ace when it comes to premium baseball and softball products and services. Utilizing our vast game and industry expertise, we sell portable pitching mounds, field equipment, and field products that we trust, use, and have used when coaching or playing. But that's not all. Victory Mounds Field Consulting Services can help you improve the quality and playability of your field. Craig Allison has years of experience in the mound business and is Victory Mounds National Sales Executive, while Mike Donahoe is in charge of field equipment and products. Visit VictoryMounds.com to see what Victory Mounds can do for you in your baseball life. The biggest football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circus Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, Miller and Condon, welcome back. Just real quick on this note that just popped up. Division I Council is recommending that the NCAA get rid of the one-time transfer rule. You can transfer as often as you want. Free agency. Free agency, as long as you meet academic standards. I'm all for... I don't think this passes the smell test. Have we gone too far? I think we have here, Trent. Doesn't this feel like it? I mean, you can leave as many times as you want. I mean, what are you going to pay me? All right, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. Next year, better off for coming. All right, I'm, I'm all yours. That's not college athletics. We're getting closer and closer to this becoming professional and yes. getting paid, and then there'll be contracts that come along with it. Oh. Uh, anyways, we're out of time. Let's do your plays. Uh, they're not plays today. It's you're, a you're passing? Single, singular play. Oh. One play today. This is unlike you. And it starts in 15 minutes. Uh-huh. So get on it right now. We're laying minus 120 with the Marlins. Against the Rangers. I saw this Tuesday what when these lines came out. Series. Oh, yeah, just absolutely awful. <laughs> will I watch a second of it? No, I won't. But Lopez has been really good for them. Yeah. And it's at home. I, I, the price, too good here. This, in fact, though, we're going two units. Oh. We're going to bump it up. Taking the elastic band off the bankroll. We're not going to be betting $10. We're going to be betting $20. Trent's got to play. He's got a hunch. He's betting a bunch. There you go. Take the fish over the Rangers. In the much-anticipated <laughs> dozens in attendance. All right, Murph and Andy coming up at 1, the Fanatics at 3. Joe Stacey, I guess, has Barnstormer Weekly tonight, right? That goes at 6. Miller and Connor, thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.